guys, my name is Jonathan Henderson with Pressure Washing Marketing Pros, and I'm here with Jim Dubois, right? So the multi-million dollar window cleaning pressure washing guy. How are you doing today, man? Man, I am doing so good. I'm, I'm just doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. How about you, Jonathan? I'm doing awesome. I'm doing awesome. I went to the gym today, got some more demo with my team. So I'm doing, I'm doing awesome. I'm trying to get like you though, you know? So I know you're going to share a lot of great nuggets to everybody when they watch this video about how to build a window cleaning company, how to build a pressure washing company. As you guys can see it in the background right there, higher scale, systemized, succeed, pressure washing wealth, window washing wealth. We'll be talking about all of that today. So I'm, I'm you know, I really appreciate you joining today. Well, thank you for having me on, Jonathan. I'm, uh, I've been thinking about it all day. And, you know, there's nothing better than talking about shop, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Well, let's go ahead and get started. So I've introduced you as a multi-million, you know, I won't kind of, I won't discuss how much it is, but I know it's a lot of money, but I know you're the multi-million dollar window cleaning pressure washing guy, but tell us about yourself um, when you got started and how you got started cleaning windows, because I know you do have a business. I know you're based out of the Charlotte area, correct? And your business is called Squeegee Pros, correct? Yep, that's correct. So I, I got my initial start back when I was 19 years old. I was up at the Jersey Shore, up in New Jersey. And uh, I, I remember answering an ad in the Asbury Park Press newspaper for a job washing windows. And I'm like, well, how hard can this be to wash windows? So as a 19-year-old kid, and I'm like, all right, let me show up to the interview. And I had a suit and tie on, and I pulled up in my car in this shopping center. And uh the owner of that company came out, he interviewed me, and I, I had the job like in three minutes. And I think it was, I looked the part, like I, I looked professional and whatnot. And uh, and I started uh, getting trained on how to wash windows. I went out with him for a week or so. And, uh, and little did I know, but a whole career was opening up in front of me. I didn't see that, right? Because I just had a job washing windows. Mm -hmm. And after a year of working for him, I, uh, I'm like, you know, that little entrepreneurial bug was always going in the back of my mind. I just didn't know what it would be that I would latch on to you, uh, latch on to. And uh, sure enough, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to start a window cleaning business and just give this thing a go. Was it easy? No. But I started and that was the beginning. And that was done right window cleaning up at the Jersey Shore. I built it uh, uh, 600 storefronts. We were doing about 300 houses a year. Um, and I was just having the time of my life. So that was my start. That was your start. And then I know when you say you're having your time of your life, right? There's always, you always have a hero arc and then you have kind of like the villain arc, right? Or the lessons we all learn as an entrepreneur. So how did you go from done right? Like window cleaning, like you set up in New Jersey to where you're at, like to where you're now in Charlotte. Like what, what, what triggered you to make that move from being in the Jersey shore, right? to going all the way down to, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina. Sure. It's um, so once I crossed that bridge to become an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. one, I never looked back. I just kept going. So I had done right window cleaning for five, six years. I sold that. I got into another business for a few years and uh, that business began to fail. This was a multi-level network marketing business that I had mm -hmm. Uh through a larger company, of course. And um, long story short, as that was declining, I had to make a decision to get an incline going back in my life when it came to business. So I said, you know what? I'm going to wipe this lady clean. I'm going to move down to a totally different state for a brand new, fresh start. And uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet, but I landed in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, 
I walked into a mattress store. I needed a mattress and I just noticed his windows were dirty. I guess once it's in your in your blood, you just never forget about it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pitch this guy on window cleaning. And if he says yes, I'll start a window cleaning business. And if he says no, well, I had a couple of other ideas uh, back at that time. That was back in 1996, by the way. And I mean, what's the chance of him saying yes? It was so slim, but mm -hmm. he said, yeah, when can you start? And uh, that was the beginning of what I like to call greatness for me. The beginning of greatness. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. So that business out there, right? So tell us about Squeegee Pros in that sense. Like how long? So you said 1996, right? So that is, that's almost as old as I am, to be honest with you. I was born in 94. So, you know, <laughs> you've been doing it a long time. So tell us basically like how long you've been in business, you know, for, for Squeegee Pros, right? How many trucks, how many employees, and are you mainly focused on residential or commercial? And the reason why I asked that, because I saw your previous interviews that you've had, and a lot of people, they, and I know in your book you talk about it, which we will get to, we will get to his book, you know what I mean, when it comes to window washing wealth. I read every single page of this, guys, and it's awesome, like I said. But I know in your book you talk about residential and commercial and how people can structure their business. So just for you, are you mainly residential or commercial, right, when it comes to squeegee pros out there in Charlotte? Because then we'll really talk shop, right? I want to I want to build you up. Then we can really talk shop. We're going to go deep, Jonathan. We're going to yeah. go real deep. So uh, super simple. Um, I started in storefronts. Mm -hmm. And so in 1996, I walked out of that mattress store. I had my first account. And that's where I started. And I just started hitting the streets hard, selling, 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 selling storefronts. So... Today, just to kind of fast forward with that one division, we've, we've been up as high as 3,500 storefronts so far. So that's the storefront side. Um, with that, a pipeline of larger jobs started to come in, like a school, a construction job, a hotel would come in. So in the beginning years leading up to 2008, I was storefronts and large commercial window cleaning, mm -hmm. uh, virtually nothing with residential. And then when the market crashed, uh, that's when I started like, hmm, this is not good. What's going on right now in the economy? I need to make some decisions here. And that's when I decided to start a residential division. And that was in September of 2008. So we've had it a little bit more than a decade. And uh, that division itself is doing approximately plus or minus 500 homes a month with window cleaning, pressure washing, gutter cleaning. So we got not just we got out of the just window cleaning, we expanded into the those exterior services also. So that's kind of where we're at today. Pretty much the full gamut. We we're equipped to do high rise, we do a little bit of it, but that's not our core model that we go after. Mhm. Mm okay, that is that is awesome to hear. So we will be talking about the recession and navigating all of that because I know not only um, you have a story about that, but I know in your book, you also discussed that as well. But like I said, what, because a lot of people out here, what for you, because I know that you also have a coaching program, which we'll discuss later on in the video too, but you get a lot of people where they come to you with their sentiments, their problems, the issues that they have, so, right? So what is the biggest issue that you see a lot of pressure washing window washing companies have when it comes to growing their business? Hiring, getting good employees, mm -hmm. marketing. Those would be the top two, lead generation and finding good people. And the two work hand in hand. The dots have to connect because if you can't hire, you can't grow. But at the same time, if you don't know how to market, you can't grow. 
uh, typically in most in when I say grow, I mean, grow, you know, hundreds of thousands, seven figures, multimillion dollar arena. You have to have both. So when I talk to people, those would be the top two. The top two things. So as you guys know, and we will discuss that, too, about how to about how to fix that, because we're going to go over that. So the first the first real question I want to have when it comes to this is you talked about 08, right, to where you made that switch. Now, I know why you made that switch, right, from 08 and 08 and beyond, right, to, to go out of residential. But a lot of people right now, they're scared of a recession coming, right, because it's currently right now, it's November 2022. We may, we may already be in a recession. Or we may be seeing, you know, we, we may be even diving deeper into a recession going into next year. So how can window cleaning and pressure washing businesses prepare themselves for the recession? And how did you do it as well in 08 and how you would do it now going beyond? Sure. It's a great, great question. And it's kind of a broad question. There's a lot of little different facets to the answer to that question. So one is it comes down to the platform of your operation, the foundation of your company. You've got to have some different pieces of a puzzle together, so to speak, that you can kind of launch off of to be able to get through what we may end up going through when it comes to inflation, recession, and things of those the, of that nature. So the first thing is get your brand right. Look, if you want to, so here's one of the phrases that I use a lot. If you want to be like a Fortune 500 company, you got to start thinking like one. Mm-hmm. Most don't. Most think small. Maybe they don't know how to think big and that's okay. It'll happen in time. You'll begin to figure these things out. So like branding, for example, if you want to be perceived as a million dollar company and you should, if if the big dream for you, if the American dream is to build a big, big company, a big business, whatever big might look like for you, typically having people working for you and things of that nature, you have to build your brand. So if you want to be like, if you want to look like a million dollar uh, brand, you have to start putting those puzzle pieces together so that you at least are perceived as one, right? Mm-hmm. Start wrapping the trucks, start head to toe uniform, the hat, the the the, uh, the hoodies, the t-shirts, the khaki pants, however that looks in your world, start branding yourself, the lawn signs when you're doing a house, that goes along with the wrap truck, it goes along with the uniform. When you're presenting yourself to a first time customer or prospective customer, you should have a professional set of literature, right? Um, I was talking to a uh, a client earlier this morning, and we were talking about brand. And one of the things that we were talking about with that is when you get people that you're about to service or you are servicing that begin to ask you a question such as, are you a franchise? That's when you know your branding is starting to get the attention of people because you're beginning to look the part. So again, long answer to the question as far as getting through this. Companies are going to, or or people, customers, prospective clients are going to align themselves with people that they feel that they can trust. They're going to align themselves with people that they feel or with companies that they feel are going to give them that the service that they want. So Let's go a little deeper with that, Jonathan, when it comes to inflation. So one, you have to identify the avatar. Who's your client? If you're going after neighborhoods where cars are on blocks, um, the grass is not mowed, 
they're probably not going to pay for the window cleaning services that we offer or the pressure washing services that we offer. They're just not. Money's going to get in the way. But if you're putting yourselves in front of the right people, in front of neighborhood neighborhoods like 500,000 to 3 million, kind of that little subset of people, all of a sudden price is not as important as the brand, the quality, the perception that they're getting from you as a company. Can they trust you? All of those things become more important. The value components become more important than the price components. Also, the people that fit that avatar criteria, they are the least to be affected with the inflation, the recession, and they're the last to be affected, if affected at all. So your marketing efforts should go to those people. And that's you're, you're just not going to have that much of an issue. Sure, people always want to deal. They price is always kind of out there. But let me tell you something. We're not a small company. And probably by competitive standards, we're probably the biggest. But And we're also the busiest. But here's the kicker. We're the most expensive. Certainly top tier. How do we maintain what we have going on consistently month after month after month? It's because we do have the brand. We do come across very professionally. We, I feel, in my personal opinion, look better than most of the franchises that are here in my marketplace that we serve. And, and then there's some other little antidotes to that that allow us to be able to charge the prices that we get and get them. Look at it this way. And those that are listening. There's the Holiday Inn and there's the Ritz-Carlton. We know the difference. <laughs> Most operate like a Holiday Inn. My company company operates like the Ritz-Carlton. It's not just price, it's value. Beyond value, it's a whole experience that the prospective client, the client, the customer is getting. And if you can start connecting those dots Pricing, inflation, recession is not quite an issue in most cases as it is if you're not connecting those dots. And here's another part to this. When your staff's on the phone with customers and prospective customers, how good, and think about this, those that are listening, how good are you or are they on the phone? If price comes up and you don't have an answer to that, you're probably going to lose that potential client as a customer. So, for example, we have phone scripts and we role play with my staff with these, these phone scripts. Part of those phone scripts, Jonathan, are objections. What's the number one objection that we typically get? <laughs> price. Yeah, I was about to say it's probably going to be price. <laughs> it's, it's price. And um, one of the lines that we use, so here's a nugget of gold for you. When somebody comes across with us with price being the, the objection, uh, we'll say, well, hey, Mrs. Smith, let me ask you a question. Besides price, what else is important to you? Right? Now what's going to happen? A whole door opens up. Well, quality, are you insured? I want to make sure you're going to be here on time. Do you do background checks and all those things? And then you can focus that conversation on that and all of a sudden, what's happening? Price is not as important as it was maybe in the very beginning of the, of the conversation. And the reason why is because when it comes to price, in most instances, most of these businesses that are out there, pressure washing, window cleaning companies, they don't bring out the value of their operation. Maybe they don't have much value. And that's something you got to work on. 
So the consumer only has one thing to shop on, price. So they just go for the cheapest price. But as soon as you start putting those value components in there, right, a double your money back guarantee, or we we are the only company in the whole Charlotte region that has care and custody clause on in our insurances, you don't ever have to worry about just plain old general liability. We go deeper than that. There's a whole story to that. But when you start coming up with the lines to use when price is an objection, and you learn them and you teach them to the people that work for you, whether it's an on-site estimate or it's on the phone, all of a sudden that conversion from leads to jobs is going to start going up. And if we're in inflationary or recessionary times, it's not going to fall very much at all, if it falls at all, as far as leads to jobs conversion. Hey, look, guys, he gave you a lot of gold and just, you know what I mean? And that's and that's why we have you on here, man. I want to talk like 5% of the time. I know you got a wealth of knowledge in your brain and like, and like you have in your background, higher scale and systemize. And so you're right. You want to have a systematic approach and you want to know who you're targeting. Like we had Dave Carroll on here as well. And he was talking about just what you were talking about in the sense of, like I said, going those higher end neighborhoods or even going your CRM and see who you service the most, right? Because like you said, when you have that branding, you know, if 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 I go on my CRM and I see that I've worked in these zip codes, these three zip codes the, the most, right? That means like those people are seeing my trucks all the time. Those people are seeing our employees, our trucks all the time, right? So that means that they're going to have more of a trust in us. And with that, and what also what is that going to do? That's going to have them refer you more people in that neighborhood to where you're taking over entire zip codes, you're taking over entire neighborhoods. So yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for that Nick or for that nugget, you know, when it comes to, you know, targeting that. So that brings me to my next question because a lot of people will say, all right, then Jim, well, that's good that, you know, you have that, you're going there, you're marketing to those kind of people. Well, people in my area are poor. People in my area, you know, it's just my area. So how do you usually deal with that whenever people say, it's just my area? Because I know I get that all the time too. As like a, you know, marketing agency that does this, people will be like, people in my area just won't pay that price. And I know that you've probably heard that as well from the people that you coach. Like people don't pay, people don't pay my price. So what do you usually say to those people? Yeah, I get that every once in a while. It's not different where you're at compared to where I'm at or where they're at. It's there's pockets of wealth everywhere. Mm -hmm. And if there's an ideology to this, you have to find those pockets of wealth. You've got to find those neighborhoods. You've got to find that marketplace of people to serve. Again, if you're going after the the other side of the track, so to speak, you're not going to get the response that you want. You've got to put yourself in front of the right folks. And there's and there's another part to this too. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. When when you're getting resistance on the phone because of price and things like that, you know, part of that is having the right script, the right com commentary to put into the phone conversation. But then in addition to that is knowing how to upsell. It's knowing how to downsell. It's knowing how to cross sell. It's knowing how to suggestive sale. So that it's not just one size fits all. It, it becomes a smorgasbord of ideas that you can present to the client, the customer to where, oh, I didn't know you did that. Or, okay, yeah, if you can't do the entire 
upstairs and downstairs of my windows, uh, the down cell in this example, let's just do the downstairs this time, right? That's where most of your traffic is in your home, right? Or maybe it's gutter cleaning. Instead of doing the entire house, let's down sell it, right? This is an inflationary recessionary way to get around this to a degree. Uh, well, let's, well, what side are the, of the house are most of your trees, right? Let's do the back and the and the west side. Maybe we don't need to pressure wash the entire house. Let's do the the, the side that the sun doesn't get to, and we can we can negotiate price from there. It's once you get somebody on the phone, or maybe you're at you're at their front door. Once you start educating them, once you start bringing those value components into play, once you start coming up with things that they haven't heard before, right? Those that are listening, it's your job to, to know your skill sets and know your industry so well that you become the authority, right? You educate that consumer to the point where they're going to start to trust you as the authority in the industry, in the area that you serve. Um, then again, price just starts to go away. So if they're poor, if they're middle class, if they're upper middle class, or they're super rich and wealthy, if they're calling you about the services that we offer, there needs to be, there should be a way that you can get that customer served. If they're reaching out to you, doesn't matter what their financial status is, you have to have the answers to satisfy them so they feel comfortable to have you. And it's not always about price. And in fact, most of the time it's not. They say that because that's all they have to shop on. They don't know anything else. Mm -hmm. But when you bring that education and you bring those value components into play, watch the game start to change. You hit it on the head, Jim. Like I said, that was that was actually really good. And I just learned something with that as well when it comes to downselling. Because I, you know, a lot of people they'll cut off, they'll cut off their face and spider their nose, right? To where somebody would just say, Well, yeah, I want my I want my deck, my sidewalk, my home and all of this. And so, like I said, if you just are on the phone to somebody and you're just like, well, I can do this for this price. Right. And they're like, OK, well, I'll go on to the next one. If you don't have a script, just like you said, then you're just going to lose that. You're, you're going to lose that customer because you never got to the root of what that customer was really wanting. Right. Because like you said, you could downsell them. You could say, hey, Miss Nancy. What's the most important item out of those three that you want washed right now, right? And now, Jim, I'm not saying that you should say this. I'm by far no salesman when it comes to pressure washing, but that was perfect in the sense of the downsell. What's the one that you want, right? Well, I want the house done the most. Well, you know what? The sidewalk and deck, whatever, if you want to give a discount for something or if you want to just, if you know, the home, whatever it is, right? I'm not a person with scripts and all that. But like you said, it's important to have triggers for every type of answer that you have because you'll be able to probably garner a lot of those customers so that's awesome you said the downsell you know because most people are always looking to upsell they're never looking to downsell you know what that's i mean right most miss the boat and and i'll tell you something else the more you tell the more you sell okay when you've got the verbiage you've got the educational points when you've got that authoritative way about you because you know your stuff inside and out and you can put that out into words again they don't know most consumers don't know like when we're talking about window cleaning we have a six-step process to window cleaning no one's ever heard that before really right uh that mrs smith is saying we have an eight-step process to a house wash oh okay well i did not know that versus yeah we'll come out and we'll wash your house for 2.99 Mm -hmm. Again, you can start to see the difference there and, and, it, and it really, really starts to make a difference. So 
don't let inflationary times, don't let a potential recessionary times get in the way and start uh, shaking your faith with your mindset. Know how to navigate these waters. Some of the things, some of these things that we're talking about right now, it absolutely works. Here's another part to this. If you're only a pressure washer, well, why are you not window clean? And if you are window cleaning and you're using a water-fed pole on the outside, well, why aren't you washing the inside windows too? You know how many people are missing a boat on that right now? Huge. I'm like one of the only ones in town that does inside window cleaning. <laughs> and, and I'm capitalizing on that because uh, I know that there's, in, in some cases, the inside windows can be dirtier, dirtier than the outside windows. So yeah. but where I was going to go with that, Jonathan, is add another service. Mm-hmm. We, for example, we um, started a Christmas lighting division three years ago. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Holy cow. <laughs> hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of revenue in a 10-week period are coming in literally as I speak right now, just because we made a decision to add another service. So mm-hmm. if you're struggling, if, if listeners are struggling with revenue and they're not sure what's going to happen, uh, keep it in the wheelhouse, so to speak. Uh, but this is another way to circumvent some of this that we may be walking into um, in the next few months. And it's happening right now. I'll, I'll, so many things. I, I don't want to steal the show here, but uh, I know no, you guys. No, this is your show. This is your show, man. Like this is this is what people didn't come. People hear my voice enough, man. This is this is you, you know, so because I know we'll talk about some of the marketing, like the systems, the 60, you know, the 60, 25, 15 rule as well, because I really like that one. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the four stages of growth as well. Um, that you have in your book, but yeah, because like I said, when I read your book, I read Oh Wait. It's all about pivoting, right? And you're and you're talking about pivoting. You know what I mean? In the sense of, guys, we're heavy on commercial. You pivoted over to residential because you knew kind of recoup a lot of that money that you're missing out on as well, and just adding another service. And so that's really good. And so the next question I want to ask you too is, you don't have to give all of them. You don't have to give every single one of them, but you can just give at least what is one marketing effort that drove a lot of revenue to your business? What is just one marketing effort or one means of marketing that you did, you know, that really drove it, you know, drove it down for your business? In the beginning, so when I started residential, September of 2008, so 2009 was my first full year. And I have to tell you, it was a totally different business model than storefronts. It was like starting a whole nother company. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be easy, but it wasn't easy. So I started, so I I would make these wacky flyers, you know, crazy guy, Jim Dubois got an unbelievable offer for this particular neighborhood. But my mistake was it was the wrong neighborhoods. It was those smaller houses, the do-it-yourself neighborhoods. And I did not know that at the time. My avatar wasn't completely identified. Once I began identifying that, I started hiring flyer delivery companies. We put out 25 to 30,000 flyers a month <laughs> as one example, but I started off small, right? Yeah. Uh, and I started building it up, building it up, building it up. So it's one marketing medium, whether it's flyers, door hangers, the right headline, the right body copy, the right call to action, your logo's on there somewhere, right? You got to have the right stuff on the marketing piece to drive the calls in. But once you find these winning marketing mediums, uh, you roll out. Roll out means go as far as you can. I'd put 100000 out if I could because our return on investment is there. So that's one. And that's that's the print side of things, right? That's 
you know, some people look at that maybe as an archaic way of doing marketing. Uh, that's okay, because we are tearing it up out here in the Charlotte market with what we do on the print side with that form of marketing. The other one, Jonathan, is, um, you know how the Yellow Pages was back in the day, mm -hmm. you know, the like the big plumbing company, they've got the full page ad in there, maybe a two page spread, they've got the back cover, they've got a lift note on the front, they've got the little classified in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Well, today, that's Google. Mm -hmm. And if, and I reference that as the five pack. Mm -hmm. And and for us, that is one of our absolute biggest marketing mediums that we use to date uh, besides our database. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, when you can, and you know this, when you can prominently be displayed on the five pack on the first page of Google, where you own the most real estate, the chances are pretty, pretty high that you're going to be one of the chosen ones, right, to be called for services that we offer. But it's not just one campaign that's, you know, one size fits all. It's every single service that you offer on that five pack across the board so that no matter where they go, where they look, where they see up and down that first fold of that first page, there you are again and again and again. That's the other side to what we do um, as far as a couple of the big ones that drive revenue and drive leads to us. And I'm glad you said that. I'll start with the print marketing, then I'll go to the digital marketing side of it. You're you're right on the print marketing. A lot of people will just print out. Well, you I know you I know you've heard this, Jim. They'll print out like 500 flyers and they'll put them out and they'll say, "I didn't get a single call." But when you say it's about the consistency of it, right? The consistency of in which you're doing it, or the or the sheer volume of it, right? Because even if you put 30, which I'm not telling people because I have a range of people like I have people that have been in business that are watching this channel for, you know, 15 plus years. I have people that are just starting off. Right. But you got to work your way up. But even but even at that level, like, like let's say you said you're putting out like 30, 50,000, whatever it may be. If you just even landed 300, like 10 percent of those people. Right. Or even let's just say one percent. And you said every month with just that, like that's still even like one percent. If I'm doing 30,000, one percent of that. Let me see. That is 300. Three, yeah, see, my, my math right now, I'm out here thinking, but thank you. That's 300 jobs. If you're just even closing 1% of that, right? That's a lot of damn jobs, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. And, and people don't think about that. They don't think <laughs> about that. And and, and just, just to put things in perspective uh, for reality, I don't want anyone uh, going out there and spending a ton of money on flyers. Let me go a little deeper with that. Look at a an eighth to one, an eighth of a percent, quarter, half, maybe a 1% response is where you're going to fall in. And mm. you got to test it. So you start out small, you test it. If it's winning, it's working, the return on investment is there. Uh, then you can put out a little bit more, a little bit more. And here's the kicker. We've been doing this for a decade, same neighborhoods over and over and <laughs> over and over again. And, and yes, we've done three changes, only three changes to our flyer. And this last one that we did, which was uh, last year, was another significant jump in return on investment. It's where we're averaging between, we have two different flyer delivery companies, one six times ROI, the other one is seven times ROI. That's bank. Who yeah. gets that? But you know what? You don't have to get that. You can break even and still be okay because there's a, what we call CLV, customer lifetime value is going to kick in. If you're on your game, these customers should be using you over and over and over and over again, right? And if you're on your game, 
you'll you need to think about and those that are listening write this down transactional frequency what is the transactional frequency with your customers that you serve annually if you're just doing it once every year or once every couple of years make that a mission make that a an internal strategy inside your company to start serving them with a membership program or every quarter, every six months, or at least a couple times in the year from the once in the year. And if you can do that and increase your transactional frequency like that, and there's other strategies that go on top of that, all of a sudden the compounding effect starts to take place. And this is the stuff that gets you to seven figures. I'm telling you. Yeah, man, that's awesome that you said that the transactional frequency. I used to do marketing for restaurants, right? And you would it'd be like, man, like people, they don't recognize the transactional frequency as you were saying, Jim, in a sense, right? And that's awesome that you say that because, I mean, I didn't forget it, but it's like it's coming back to the surface now, right? Because just like you said, you're very smart when you said you break even when you, you'd probably break even all day to acquire a new customer, wouldn't you? If you could technically, right? Because you know, like you said, the LTV of that customer in the sense of, okay, yeah, short-term pain, but long-term success. And then also go on what you said about the transactional frequency. When I used to work with restaurants like that, you know, you can't bring it. It's very difficult to bring a restaurant like 400 new people every single month. You know what I mean? But what you could do is you could get if you could get maybe 100 of their already existing customers instead of coming just once every month, you, you could get them to come four times a month. Right. To that restaurant. Then that's acting as if it's a new customer. Right. So that's exactly awesome. right. So that's awesome what you said about the transactional frequency in that sense. Sometimes these people just need to think about it. Well, Miss Nancy only does a house washing. Well, like you said in the beginning, like have her come for gutter cleaning, have her come for, you know, have her come for Christmas installation, whatever it may be. So I'm glad, I'm very glad that you went ahead and you said that because right here in my notes, my next question that I was going to ask you about, right, is like, what are some of the biggest marketing mistakes that you see, because it's, it's kind of a good segue when you're talking about that, but what are some of the biggest marketing mistakes you see pressure washing window cleaning companies make? Yeah, number one, we don't charge enough. Okay. Uh, that's a big one right there. It's a big one. Um, number two is we don't stay in touch with our database. Oh, okay. Look at the customers we bring in as one-offs, right? We got them, we serve them. They'll call back when they're ready. Maybe, maybe not, but maybe it's not good enough for me. I need to control that environment somehow. And, and I'll tell you, Jonathan, we milk our database for every dollar that we can somehow squeeze out of it to the tune of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. So those that are listening, and there's a proprietary part to this, but point is, one, have a CRM and put all those customers in there. Two, with that CRM <clears throat> is all the prospective clients that come into that database, leave them in there. Just because you didn't serve them for whatever reason, some people are clean freaks and they want to keep their database real clean and they'll get rid of the prospects. Uh, huge mistake. We have in my company, we have, holy cow, a, a lot of people, thousands and thousands in our database, thousands and thousands and thousands. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine as you, the listener, are building and building and building and building that database up, um, that that is a marketing medium in itself. 
whether it's email blasts and all the different things you can do with your database. So when it comes to marketing mistakes, one is take really, really good care of your database. Two, make sure your pricing is on point. If you go back to the beginning of this, I had said that we're the biggest, we're the busiest, but we're also the most expensive. How does that work? Don't be afraid to raise your prices. We raise our prices every single year and people pay. But we also have value components, those roots to my company to support that. That's the brand. That's what we say on the phone. That's how we're perceived, what the transaction looks like when we're sitting, when we're at their house and all of those things, that whole professionalism, education, authoritativeness comes out. All of these things connect. So marketing mistakes, there's a lot of them that people make, but I would say those would probably be a couple of them. Another one is build out some kind of a referral system that you can put on top of the existing customer base that you have. Good one. Don't make it just happenstance. Put a system together so that you're going after those referrals. Again, it's a six-figure part. It's a six-figure marketing medium that we have in my company, and it's free. We just say specific things. We we send specific things out to try to get referrals to occur uh, from our existing database. So that's another mistake that many, many people make as well. So there's a there's a couple three right there that are probably the bigger ones I think, mm-hmm. and that's and and those are good because I know people could say like you're Google you're not having a website but those are the ones that are unconventional that people on my channel probably have not heard right which we're gonna talk about in a minute when it comes to your book because those because we're gonna talk about you know some of the, the my most favorite three chapters in your book that I think can pertain to a lot of the audience here but yeah you're right hitting up the database hitting up all of that stuff right. When it comes to that, because, yeah, let's talk about your book then, man. Let's talk about your book, because like I said, I want to talk about the four stages of growth. I want to talk about the 60-25-15 rule, which you've kind of discussed a little bit. And then also I want to talk about some of your seven systems to scale your business. Now, like I said, there's a lot of other a lot of other gold nuggets in your book as well, but I want them to actually, you know, read it, buy it, whatever it may be. Cause like I said, it's, it, I, you know, I don't even do pressure washing window cleaning like that. I service them, but I had to read it for myself still. And like I said, cause I know that you can expound upon the four stages of growth, but like, just tell us about your book. You know what I mean? And um, who's it, you know, targeting all of that other kind of stuff. And then we'll go over my most three favorite chapters and how it can pertain to the audience as well. Sounds great. And and by the way, for the listeners, Jonathan, I do have another book I'll give away for free. The second book that I wrote, I'll give away for free. I'll give a link towards the end okay. of, our, uh, of our show here. But um, yeah, it's, you know, uh, and, and thank you for all of these great things that you're saying. It's, uh, I, I loved writing the book. I, I just felt that there was a void out there. There was a need out there for some of the higher level stuff when it comes to building pressure washing businesses, window cleaning businesses. And I, and I wanted to try to fill in some of those voids a little bit to get people thinking beyond the technician role, beyond just mastering their skill sets. Anybody can do that. Mm -hmm. Anybody can. But it's a different ballgame when you start developing your business acumen to a point where you take your um, job that you call a business, right? Mm -hmm. And, And you take it to the next level where you start building a true business that becomes and morphs into a company. Mm-hmm. And the book goes through a lot of those different things to get your head right, to get your thinking right, so that you can start looking at your company, your business differently, right? Like that Fortune 500 company analogy that we talked about before. 
it brings a lot of that stuff into light, that Ritz-Carlton experience that you're trying to give the customer. How do you do that? Things like that. So a lot of it's mindset, a lot of it's strategy, and a lot of it is just acumen to help you develop the business side of your brain, which will in turn turn into the business side of your actual company. And well, that's perfect because that segues me into one of the chapters, right? Which you don't have to super, super expound on, upon it, but I think that it's great if you know the listeners know about that. And what are your four stages of growth? Because, like you just said, you know, it's good to be an owner operator, right? It's good to be an owner operator. It's good to you know have your freedom. But do you truly have that freedom though? If you're an owner operator, sometimes in that sense of you're for a one man show, like you can wake up whenever you want to, but that can affect your bottom line. So. You go over that in the book, like what are the four stages of growth, right? That you see. Yeah. And, and uh, it's a great uh, little concept I put together because it kind of clues you in with where you're at. And I want everyone to identify where they're at, which stage are you in uh, as we go through this. So stage one is the owner operator. Maybe they have a helper, right? Easy, easy peasy. Just go out there, do the jobs, make the money. And mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty simple stuff. Um, and, and unfortunately, that's where most find themselves because they don't know what to do next. They know they need to hire. They know they need to do more marketing and, and whatnot. Stage two is the stage. And this is a very difficult stage. This is where you, you really need someone to lean on that's been through the stage that can help you know, take you by the hand, so to speak, to pull you through that stage. Stage two is when you start hiring people. Um, you know, the technicians in the field, you eventually bring on someone to answer the phones for you. You are putting some systems in play during that time, during stage two. Uh, anything that can go wrong will go wrong during stage two. This is where many put their hands up and say, you know what? I can't get these people to show up to work. They don't do the job like I do. I'll just go back to doing it myself. All this is happening during stage two. Very difficult. Typically, Revenues are going to go from, say, uh, 100, 125,000 a year uh, in the beginning of stage two up to probably four to $500,000 a year. Again, technicians, administrator, a supervisor is coming into play during this time. And you're keeping all of this together. I like to reference the term connecting the dots. All the dots have to connect. And as you go further and further down this stage, then the door opens up for stage three. In stage three, to put it simply, this is when the organization that you have, they begin to implement the processes and the company starts to run on its own. You're still there. You're still building out the systems. You're still tweaking, updating. You're still guiding the ship and, and finishing out that project of systemization. But now you've got a hierarchy. Now you've got an org chart, right? And, and that starts to take the company to the next level. That's stage three. I'm stage four. Stage four is, is what they call a true autopilot operation. This is where stage three is completely built out. All the systems are in place. The right people are in place. They run the company. I don't do payroll. I don't do marketing. I don't, only thing I do, and I was there this morning, I go in maybe once a week for about two hours and um, actually, it's Tuesday morning. I went in this morning because my company president, uh, we just uh, celebrated her 15 year this morning at our safety mm -hmm. meeting. Mm -hmm. But I normally go in on Tuesday mornings, three to maybe four times a month for a staff meeting. I like to be a part of what I've created, right? I mm -hmm. want to keep my finger on the pulse. But stage four, Jonathan, is 
a come and go as you please business. If I go away for a month or two months and we plan to, it just keeps on humming along with or without my involvement. And that's what everybody wants to be because then that's like having a freaking dividend stock that, you know what I mean? Like in that sense of uh, you're just, it's like having an investment, right? You just literally just look at your bank and you're like, oh man, except that it's an investment that continues to grow and it's not dictated by the market per se as much. But yeah, that's awesome. Because we, you'd probably say that most, you'd probably say that ninety percent of you know exterior cleaning businesses, and that includes window, you know, window cleaning, pressure washing, all of that. Say ninety percent of them are probably in stage, stage one and two, correct? Yes, yes, and that's where most stay. That's unfortunate, mm -hmm. but and it's not their fault. They just don't know what to do mm -hmm. to uh, to to mitigate that frustration and hair pulling and things like that. But, but you know, Jonathan, it's it's called window washing wealth, pressure washing wealth, the term wealth for a reason. Mm -hmm. This is a vehicle, window cleaning, pressure washing. It's the vehicle to wealth if you know how to apply the strategies. Mm -hmm. Because once you get it to a solid stage three and into a stage four operation, well, opportunities start to come your way. Maybe you want to build a real estate portfolio. Maybe you want to invest in other companies. Uh, maybe there's other things that you want to do. You have the money and you have the time to do that. This is just a vehicle to get to the next level of life. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because it is it, it is a vehicle that can get you to that next stage of life. So those are the four stages, guys. And like I said, most of you are the stage one, stage two. Now, I want to talk about the 60, 25, 15, well, because that was one of my favorites, because when I talk to people, you know, all the time when it comes to marketing, they're like, Jonathan, I'm slow right now. You know what I mean? Like, what's going on? And I ask them, like, what are you doing for your marketing right now? What are you doing for your marketing right now? And it's always like, well, I'm using you or I've sent out some flyers. I've done some direct mail. I've done this, that and the other. But your formula, I like it a lot, to be honest with you. I like it a lot because... When you talk about the map pack, like you were talking about earlier, you know, you're talking about, you know, when you're talking about branding, when you're talking about being in the map pack, all of that stuff, right? People don't realize the new wave SEO now is having a brand. Gone are the days where you could be like a business that has the most optimized. And you're like, where the hell is Jonathan going with this? I promise you, I'm going to get right there. But gone are the days where you could have like five reviews on Google. You could be a brand new business and have the best SEO person. No matter what you do, you're not going to go ahead and rank above somebody like you, even if you don't even have that optimize of a website, even if you don't have that many, you know, even though you do have a lot of reviews, like 350 plus, right? But even if you, you know, like I said, you're not going to rank above somebody like, like a business like yours, even if you're the most crummy website, because I always tell people, if Amazon went down for two weeks, their website, all of that, their SEO, all of that went down for two weeks and they had to start brand new. Do you think that they would have to SEO optimize their website? No, they would. People are just Amazon, 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 right? And they look it up and Google will prioritize that business because it's a brand. And so talk about your 60, 25, 15, right? Um, rule when it comes to that, right? So so I, I know what it is, but but tell our audience about that and, you know, and how you put your business off of that. So the 60, 25, 15 rule is a breakdown of who you should be going after and what time allotment it should be as far as bringing customers on or bringing revenue in is really how this would look. So 60% of your time should be spent marketing to mm -hmm. the outside world to find people to bring in. Um, you know, it, 
when you've made a decision that you're going to build a company and you're going to take it from small to big, marketing is the small hinge that can open a big door. So 60% of your time should be involved in generating new customers, period. And, and you have to have a system built out in order to do that. And you have to have a marketing budget in play in order to do that. 25% of that is going to be spent garnering and in, in, as you bring those new customers in and, and you have active customers that are in that database. And again, that database is so powerful. You want to stay in touch with that existing database that you have. Um, and, and most most are going to, if we're not doing this, we need to be doing email blasts, voicemail blasts, very specific text blasting. It's not really text blasting, but you it, maybe even a phone call. You want to stay in touch of that existing customer base that you have that is active with you, right? Maybe you're sending them gifts in the mail and different things like that. Then you've got that bottom 15%, which are like the the aging customers, those that have kind of gone by the wayside, we don't know what's even happened to them. We need to keep spending, we need to spend 15% of our time reaching out to them because maybe we don't get them today, but maybe we'll get them three months from now because we we just don't go away, right? Mm-hmm. So 60% is out there towards getting brand new customers. Uh, 25% is towards those active customers that we have or staying in touch with them. But we can't forget about those what we we might feel are dead customers because they're not. They do. We just haven't served them in a long time for whatever reason. It's probably on us, not on them. I mean, think about it this way, Jonathan, and and all the listeners. Raise your hand, so to speak, if you can remember the electrician that's non-family that came to your house last time. I do these in in in, in conferences. Maybe one hand goes up out of a hundred people. Say. <laughs> uh, that bottom 15%, they probably don't even remember your company name. More or less, definitely <laughs> not your name. It's up to us to put time, 15% of our time in front of them to keep our name in front of them so that they don't forget about who we are. So uh, marketing is not just new customers. It's the active and it's the aging as well. And you're right about that. I really thought about that. Like like when you think about once, you know, what was the name of the last plumbing company you went to? Because those are like one-off. And you're right, as a pressure washing business, there should be no reason as to why somebody should not be reaching out to you. or there, And there's no reason as to why your customers should not know who you are because they have services that they need every single year, right? Like you said, as an, as an electrician, you probably really only need an electrician maybe what, like once every five to 10 years in that sense, right? Like, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm assuming um, when it comes to a plumber, you know, there's a lot of HVAC and people that, and that need that they're continuously getting new customers. But the thing about pressure washing is that, you know, and window cleaning is that everybody, like you're going to get those customers every year, every year, somebody's house needs to be cleaned. You know, it's not every year that I need to unclog my toilet. Right. <laughs> it's just the truth. You know? Yeah. Hopefully. Right. But most of the time, like I said, or roofing businesses, let's go to that. Right. Like a, as a roofing business, you're not getting a new roof every year. If you get a new roof every year, I mean, you got to choose a different roofing company, right? So those people are getting a new roof 10 to 20 years, right? But for pressure washing, you're getting, you know, like I said, I, and that's why I loved that rule that you had. That's why I loved it. Because yes, 60%, you know, 60% of the time you're getting new customers, 25% of the time, you know what I mean? Uh, 
what was it? It was because I, I went brain dead for a second. 60 times getting new customers, 25% reactivating your database, then 15% for the inactive customers, right? That's so. exactly right. And you know what, Jonathan, you hit the nail on the head. You know, our business is easy. It's not difficult to add revenue. One, there's a new five-letter word in town, clean. Everybody wants clean. Today, more than probably any other time in American history, more people are working from home than ever before. They see it now. And if we can just apply that 60, 25, 15 rule, right? I have, so I have two pictures on the wall that my, my, my daughter made for me. One says, never go away. So our database, we never go away. They all know who, they will never forget my company name. Unlike <laughs> the plumber, the electrician. I mean, if I, I only coach window cleaners and pressure washers, but if I was coaching electricians and plumbers and things of that nature, uh, we, we could probably easily double, triple the rep revenues just like that, just with a couple of concepts. But with, in the other, other one, you know, so never go, never go away. Mm -hmm. But when you do that, what happens? You become, this is the other sign in my office, you become the obvious choice. Mm -hmm. And so if there's a takeaway from this show, put those little systems together to never go away, to become the obvious choice. It's going to help you in inflationary times, recessionary mm -hmm. times, because they're going to know who to call. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you and you hit it on the head, like I said, even in this chapter right now, because I, I can get the last, because I want you guys to really get the book, but... The last thing we'll talk about is like the seven systems because you just talked about it. You need to have those systems in place, right? So one of them, recruiting system, all of that. And you talked about you talked about a lead generation system. Now I won't go over all the systems, but what are what are one or one to three of like what are one or three like the most important systems? Like I said, I won't go over all seven because I won't be able to get the book. But what are one or three of like the most important systems? that people need to go ahead or pressure washing window washing you know companies need to implement in their business. Sure. So so system 1 Jonathan is a recruiting system. So mm -hmm. if you're going to grow to stage 2, 3, 4, you have to have a recruiting system in play. And the best analogy I can give is imagine I came to your hometown and I said take me to the biggest pond in your city. And and we're going to go to the pond and there's going to be a lot of other home services companies at the pond too. They're all fishing for a player employees mm -hmm. and you're there too. And I walk up to you and I say, Jonathan, I tap you on the shoulder. I say, Hey, what's going on, Jonathan? Um, what's going on? Well, I'm trying to find some A players and I'm really struggling here. I say, you know what? Let me see your fishing pole. Ah, here, let me see that for a minute. I'm going to put it over here. Take mine. In fact, use my bait and let's put that fishing pole back in the water and let's just see what happens. Let's just give it a few minutes. And sure enough, the rod goes like this. Everyone around the pond is looking at you like, what the heck do you got going on? And you're reeling in this big fish, this A player, right? This is the beginning of a re recruiting system. Strong ads, good headlines, good body copy that track attracts people, attracts people like you and me and others that are on this show because we would be probably the A player type. We want to hire people like us, right? So the... So the recruiting system between how to do that and how to really do an interview, right? To really get into people's heads, how to onboard people the right way and how to build a company culture or retention program so that the revolving door almost stops. We've got 40 plus people that work for me. Our door barely moves because of the recruiting system. So that's one. 
The other one uh, that you alluded to is a lead generation system. Again, if you're going to go to stage four, you've got to get your revenues to at least $500,000 a year, right? So you can develop that org chart. This is not hard to do. It's just not hard to do. <laughs> but the lead generation system I reference as a marketing arsenal. Like in my company, we have 19 specific strategies that we use that are specific marketing mediums to pull in leads. This is how we bring in 300, 350 leads a month. Imagine that your listeners, if you've got that many leads coming in a month, you can only imagine you know, how many jobs you can put on the calendar and it's only going to force your company to grow. I call it force feeding, but we take it one step at a time. But that lead generation system, that's part of it. The other part is, is the right price, uh, knowing what to say on the phone, and that kind of leads into some other systems. But one, that though that marketing arsenal, as you build it out and you test the mediums, like you asked me, what are some what are two of the marketing mediums that work well for you? Well, we have refined them, we have honed them to the point where we're able to milk it for pretty much everything it's worth, but we're still open to learning more and more and more. But once you get it to that point, then you can start rolling out with these marketing mediums. So if I started out with a couple thousand flyers a month and I took it up to 30,000 flyers a month, that means my confidence level is high enough to put that spend in there because I know the results I'm going to get. Another one would be, this is the big one. This is This might just take the cake here, <laughs> especially when you hire that first person. It's an enforced policy system. Oh, okay. It's not just a policy system, it's an enforced policy system. And that's a really important word there that starts with the letter E. This is where most, they get excited, they're putting some, some policy together, and then three months later, they're not doing anything with the policy. That's why I call it an enforced policy system. Another way to look at it would be, I don't watch the show, but it's easy to remember, law and order. You have to have it in your company law and order and you have to enforce it because that's the bedrock to growth it's the bedrock to scaling it's the bedrock that's going to get you where you want to go to keep the hair on your head mm -hmm. and to keep your stress levels down remember stage two is difficult it's very difficult most fail or flail when they go into stage two and that system enforced policy is definitely going to get uh, get them through. You want to hear another one? Yeah. You know what? You can give us another A, man. I can listen to you all day, man. Go ahead. Give us another one, man. <laughs> I'll give you another one. Um, World-class service system. Remember we were talking about the Holiday Inn, the Ritz-Carlton. There really, truly is a difference. And, and we have 18 elements that make up world-class service. I have yet to find a company in my marketplace, and I'm talking the whole arena of home services that do what we do when it comes to the 18 elements to be like the Ritz-Carlton of pressure washing and window cleaning. And, and that alone is a big supportive uh, bedrock to our high prices is because of that experience that the customer is getting. So that's another one that we have. I'll tell you another one. And that one is going to be an administration system. Mm -hmm. And when you hire somebody to answer the phones, boy, you're either going to do it right or you're not going to do it very well. And there's a lot to that. It, it, this is where obviously the administrative stuff like scheduling and keeping the calendars moving and stuff like that 
But that's where we get into those scripts. Not that our my administrative staff reads scripts word for word like a robot. No, but we teach tonality. We teach um, mirroring. If you know Tony Robbins, he wrote the book Unlimited Power, Neurolinguistic Programming, mirroring people on the phone, um, keeping people on the phone. Trust begins to develop. They start to become your friend. Uh, knowing what words to say to leave. We, we don't even ask if they want to schedule. The way my scripts are, it just takes them right to the schedule. It's just, <laughs> the, the, it's a pretty cool thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an assumption sale. We just assume and we just go right to the close. And, but there's no close. We just, what day's better for you? Uh, and, and they know the price and everything. And, and there's some magic there. But price is a component that does come up. Right. So you have to and so part of the administration system is knowing how to convert these leads to jobs. And if you're not tracking it, that's a huge problem in your business. And that's my other system. Another system is the is a financial uh, analytics system, tracking your numbers, tracking your marketing. So you have a dashboard in front of you, so to speak, whether it's Excel spreadsheets or however you do it. So you can see exactly what's going on. And when you can see that stuff, it not you, not me, it will begin making the decisions that you need to do for your company to do the, the next thing that you need to do to get to the next level. So, and I, I might as well give you the last system while we're at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's, uh, that's been one that's been pretty big for me and, and many of my clients as well. It's an expansion system, but there's two subsystems to it. Maybe you want to open up a second office and we have a second office and it's got its own Google campaigns and all of that. I think we're pushing like a thousand reviews between the two companies, the two business, the two locations. We're mm -hmm. opening up a third, hopefully this in 2023. But that's not for most people. Not yet. The sub other subsystem to that is acquisitions. I've done 20. Check this out. I've bought out 20 window cleaning pressure washing companies right here in my backyard over the last 20 years. And out of all 20 of them, none of them cost me money out of my pocket except for one. And it was a measly thousand bucks. Imagine eliminating 20 of your competitors. Imagine grabbing their databases and putting them into yours, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and not that these are large companies. They're not 50,000 here, 100,000 company here, 200,000 company here. But all of this stuff I teach, all of this stuff, we go into incredible detail on how to implement them into your company. Yeah, that is acquisitions. That is getting, that's a stage four, Jim. That's what you're talking about right there, man. You're talking about, you know, they talk about the three stages of, uh, of, of wealth creation. And they talk about, you know, the first stage is usually just like a skill, whatever it may be, right? You're like an employee. You know what I mean? Employee, you got a skill contributing to a company. Second stage is like a business owner, right? Then the third stage is investor, you know? So you're talking about that investor stage right there, which, yeah, I hope to get there someday too, right? Um, in the investor stage of things. But a lot of the principles that you say right now can apply to almost any business, whether it's home service, whether it's like even agency, like you said, 60% of the time, I should be trying to get new agency clients, right? 25% of the time, I, you know, focus on my other clients that I have right now, maybe upselling, whatever it is. And then 15% prospects that we may have, you know, or people that we may have worked with in the past or prospects mm -hmm. that, you know, we have not talked to in ages, right? And we need to see. So when I was reading your book, I was like, a lot of this stuff, like I said, your systems that you just talked about, a recruitment system, works for any business. Enforced policy works for any business. And so those are... 
those are very good ones that you that you have right there. So that's like what's meaning to this. Like, you know, you've given a lot of knowledge. A lot of people should know that you have a lot of knowledge in that sense. Tell us a little about your coaching programs, your window washing wealth and your pressure washing wealth as well. Um, like how'd you get started? What does it serve? All of that other kind of stuff. Just go ahead and tell us about that. And we'll have a link for that below because I know you'll send me all the links, man, for all of this stuff. Yeah, thank you for that opportunity, Jonathan. Um, it kind of goes back to first conventions that I would go to over the years and I would just meet and get to know so many people that were just struggling in their business. And, you know, they'd get all this information from the conventions, but they were just having difficulty applying it. And mm -hmm. or there was just too much information. They didn't know what to do first and second. So they never did anything at all. You know, mm -hmm. it became a, an area of paralysis. So I uh, in 2017, I started the coaching and I'll tell you what, I'm having the absolute time of my life. It's I almost it almost brings tears to my eyes when you start working with people and you start watching them blossom, that that business acumen blossom into something um, that they were not sure that they could do on their own. And, and all of a sudden, revenue start to grow, profits start to grow. So the coaching it's it's very simple. I now I'm very niche specific. I only coach window cleaners and pressure washers, but it doesn't matter where you're at. Stage one to stay. We just signed on someone a few months ago. He was flirting with a million dollars a year, and then I bring on those that are starting at zero. They understand. see the value of the business model. They want to get into it, but they want to align themselves with someone to get them there faster, and that's what we do. So everything that we've talked about, everything. We go very deep into every one of those, very step by step by step. The mission is to get you out of the truck and delegate every task to take you to stage four. Get you out of the truck. Let's get you off the phone. Let's get you out of the field so you're no longer supervising and have all of that in place for you, replicating my company. So we have coaching calls. We have two webinars that we do a month, skill set, business acumen. I have a forum where clients can uh, banter back and forth with Q&A. We have, um, I have an online portal knowledge center, right, where my company, Squeegee Pros, is on there. Our scripts, our marketing to our operations manuals, the enforced policy, all seven systems are all broken down on the portal. I do boot camps. Uh, at my office. It's a four-day event. And uh, and you know what? I, I, I wanted it to be very reasonable in price. And I think that it is. It's a truck payment. It's a small truck payment. Anybody can afford it. But here's the kicker. We bring somebody in. Our first mission, let's wash out that coaching fee in 30 days. And typically, we always do in a 30-day period. So essentially, they have us for free. They're still you know paying the coaching fee. But we, we call them quick wins. We have three strategies we immediately put into play and uh, and a bunch of other things that we do all at the same time. So that's what the coaching program is all about. And um, if you're if, if anyone's uh, thinking about something like this, you have to speak to me on the phone first. I do not sign everybody on that wants to do this. I just don't. I'm looking for particular people that I feel really can go all the way. Reputation's everything. And uh, for me, this is not a sign-up game. It's really taking quality people that really have that vision to change their business. They really, they want it so bad, but they just don't know where to turn. I'm the guy to talk to then. And then we'll see if we're a good fit. And if so, get ready to roll up your sleeves because I will change your business. I have, 
I have a client in Missouri. He started at zero. 27 months, $101,000 a month. I have a client in Florida, started at $1,000 a month. He was doing some storefronts. 37 months, he broke $102,000 a month. I have a gentleman in Utah. He's been with me four years. He was at $3,800 a month when he came on board. He saw me speak at a convention. 40 something months in, maybe 51 months in, over $200,000 a month. <laughs> and it's story after story after story after story like that, provided they plug in and they follow the system. If you're not going to get on the calls, don't do this. If you're not going to follow direction, don't do this. This is for the serious entrepreneur that's sick and tired of being stuck, not sure what to do next. Uh, this is the stuff that we do. And we'll go as fast or as slow as, as one wants to go. So we find your pace. The link I guess for simplicity purpose, windowcleaningbusinesscoach.com. And I'll put that in the I'll put that in the guys. I will go ahead and put that in the uh in the description so that you guys have all of that. I'll put window washing wealth, I'll put pressure washing wealth. We'll have that windowcleaningbusinesscoach.com. Yep. Okay, then so we'll put that in there too, because I'm a big proponent of coaching. I am like I pay a thousand dollars every single month, like they're like you were talking about in that sense, but I just got back from Miami uh, last week and it's my business coach and there's a bunch of other agencies that are out there. We get on weekly coaching calls. We we meet every quarter, right? Every three to four months down in Miami, right? And we just kind of congregate. And it's one of those things that I've always been a big proponent of coaching because I don't know where I would have been, right? It's just an acceleration process when it comes to that. And I know what it's done for my for my agency, kind of being in that you know acceleration process. And I know what it can do for a lot of, like I said, I know some people that are in your coaching group and they're doing very well, right? So it's just one of those things. That's why I wanted to have you on the channel. Um, yeah. And so like, this is one of my last few questions that I do have for you as well. I always say this, right? Like what is one entrepreneur hack that you have or like kind of one thing that you that you do for entrepreneurs, right? Like a personal life hack that that made you a better entrepreneur? Great question. When I make a decision to do something, mm -hmm. No one's going to shake my faith. The dream stealers are going to come into your world. What makes you think you can do that? That's never going to work. My mindset becomes very, very strong. And one of my mentors in a previous business gave me the three words. And I really live by that. Just don't quit. Mm -hmm. You're going to go through this. You're just going to go through it. You just don't quit. Put your head in the trenches. And you only put your head up for air and you're right back down in the trenches. You just don't stop. You just don't quit. So that would be my uh, little adage for that. And that's a, and that's a perfect one. If you just don't quit, you never lose, right? Never lose. Yeah, never lose. It's like, it's like having a stock. That's, <laughs> a stock could go to $100. Then it could go down to crypto. Let's use crypto because stocks are just consistent. Like crypto has been up and down like that. You have a crypto coin, you know, that like Bitcoin, right? It goes to 60000 then goes to 8,000, right? Then 16,000, right? If you just never sell it, you know what I mean? You never, did you ever really lose money, right? Did you ever really lose money? You never did. So just don't quit. So yeah, like I said, the last question, you know, where where can people find you? And if you have anything else for us, but like where, you know, we kind of already went through that, like windowwashingwealth.com, pressurewashingwealth.com, window, windowcleaningbusinesscoach.com, like we'll have, we'll have below, but 
yeah, man, like I said, Jim, this has been awesome having you on here. Do you, do you have anything else that you'd want to share? Yeah, if, um, I have two things, actually. I'll give away a couple of, couple of freebies to your listeners, if you like. One is I, I do have a 21-page report that uh, kind of it goes into some, some strategies that many don't really think about so much to kind of get something started or get to the next level. Uh, freebusinessbuildingreport.com freebusinessbuildingreport.com, a uh, 21-page report. And I'll give you one more. I did come out with a second book. It's not it's uh, not published in print yet, so I'm giving it away for free. Um, the title of it is How to Build a, a, a Massive Seven-Figure Service Company. Mm-hmm. And uh, the link to that one is windowwashingwealth.com slash ebook. And of course, the book that you were showing before, that's the same link slash book, windowwashingwealth.com slash book. And that'll take you to where to get that book. But the ebook is free. It's about 60, 65 page quick read, some higher level stuff, but it makes you just going to make your head spin a little bit. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Is ebook, is there a dash in or is it just straight ebook? No, no dash. No dash. No dash. And like I said, guys, you'll be able to find all of this in the description below right but yeah thank you so much jim like or you know thank you so much for being on for being on the channel and having that wealth of knowledge like i said i I really do appreciate it i know that i found out about you from like a fellow uh window washer like pressure washing business right and i know they're killing it i was like man you know and like i said he just spoke so highly of you um and just me seeing firsthand right because one of my clients sold their business to them right so you talk about acquisition so this is this is somebody in your coaching program that acquired one of my, example. Yeah, somebody in your coaching program that acquired my client, right? And so, yeah, it was a perfect example. And I saw how they were doing. And I said, you know, where's all this stuff? And he said, yeah, man, you know, Jim, window washing well. So then I just started doing a lot of research on you, man, right? And uh, like I said, I bought the book too because I saw some of the stuff. And like I said, it's really a book that you can apply to any business, to be honest with you. You can really apply it to any business and it really up to my knowledge on that. But like I said, Jim, thank you so much for being on. Um, And yeah, like I said, guys, uh, we'll see you in the next video. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm honored to be on your show. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.